0: all right good morning transit family how's everyone doing today feel free to grab a seat grab a seat get ready for the sermon if you can hear me clap once you can hear me clap twice amen and amen all right well hey if i haven't met you yet my name is nick i'm one of the pastors here at the transit church and as this slide shows we are continuing uh what i have really enjoyed a sermon series i've enjoyed i hope you've enjoyed it a sermon series on the voice of God, entitled, He is not silent, uh, hearing the voice of God. And so uh, today we are talking about the direction of God's voice. If you were here last week, we looked at the diversity of God's voice. If you were here last week, quick recap, we just looked at the various ways that God speaks uh, to and through his people as revealed in his word. If you, do not get, if you do not get a chance to listen to that sermon, please listen to that uh, sermon. There are three testimonies that were shared uh, from the stage. Um, And we're going to have three people share testimonies again today about how God has spoken to them or spoken through them. And so I'm excited for that. And so the sermon today will kind of look like the sermon last week where I will teach less and kind of more broadly so we have more time for uh, testimony. But we looked at last week the diversity of God's voice and we saw that God uh, speaks through visits visions and his voice that god is a big fan of kind of the in-person visits angelic visitations or just manifesting his presence we also saw that god gives visions visions in the night called dreams god speaks to us in our dreams or god will speak to us in visions during the day we look at acts 10 peter and cornelius and his vision of the pigs in the blanket and we all get bacon because of that and the gentiles got the gospel more important than bacon um, and uh, and also we saw that god speaks through his voice, his audible voice, that can be mistaken, what we saw with Samuel, for human voice, and, and also the, the internal prompting, his internal voice, the internal prompting of the Holy Spirit inside the life of the believer. So today we're looking at the direction of God's voice, and we're um, seeking to ask and answer this question, to what end, what I mean by the direction of God's voice is, to what end or purpose does God speak? Why does God speak? And to answer that question is actually found in another question and the question is this well who does God say we are once we know who God says we are then we'll answer the why he speaks to us question stated differently once we know what God speaks over us then we'll understand why he speaks to us and so um let's show the slide of the the contact here if you ever meet somebody new you know that if you're an iPhoneer, you, you, you recognize this, right? You pull up your contacts and you say, hey, give me your name and give me your number. And so you get their name, their last name, maybe their phone, their email, whatever. But there's this section here, right here, called company, right? And you all know, as well as I do, that there's a lot of funny things you put here for company, right? And what you're doing in that moment is you're saying, you're reminding yourself, like a perfect person probably doesn't have a company, they're just someone you met, but you're, you're, you're putting some additional info of how did I meet this person? And therefore, why would I speak to them, right? And so this uh, week, past week, past Friday, um, I felt led to, to go to Wakefield Skate Park. Any, any skateboarders out there? Anyone kind of rumble and tumble with the pastor? Oh, I got one. Okay. So Wake, Wakefield, uh, Wakefield Park recently just redid their skate park. It's amazing. Um, so pray for your pastor so he doesn't die. Um, but anyways, I go to the skate park last Friday, and there's two other guys there. And um, we start talking and hanging out, and they're in their mid-30s. And they are dads with kids my age. And I was like, this is insane. Like, we're, we're, we're skating dads, skateboarder dads. This, this is like, it's like a revolution, you know? And, uh, and so we got, we got uh, you know, I got their contact info. It's like, yo, hit me up whenever you go. And the skateboarder dads always try to go when the cool high schoolers aren't there. So like. <laughs> They're like, hey, we go, like, on sunrise, we go at, like, 6 a.m. in the summer, you know, get before all the cool kids get there and whatever. So uh, guess how I save them? Guess what I put in company, right? Skating dads, right? Like, this is, this is the, new, the new group I got, okay? Pretty cool. Uh, don't worry, you're not going to see me up here with, like, cool tattoos and, and all that stuff, all right? But um, the reason I share that is this. What I'm getting at with this is this. According to Scripture... If we're to just continue in this illustration that I'm sharing to open up my sermon, when God pulls up your name on his iPhone, your contact, if you will, there's a whole lot in that company section that he speaks over you, of how he came to know you, and why he wants to communicate to you. The entire New Testament, essentially, is just God speaking a new identity over us because of what Jesus has done for us. The beloved of God, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, the bride of Christ. That, I, mean, just, just, I mean, we're getting into Ephesians here, hopefully in February, Lord willing. And Ephesians 1 through 3 is all about God just carpet bombing us with a new identity. This is what I speak over you. This is who you truly are. No matter what the world says, no matter what your shame says, this is who you are. This is who I call you. Okay, so there's a whole lot there in that company section. We could do a whole five-year-long sermon series just based on our identity in Christ and all the implications. And so this is not an exhaustive list, but here's my three-point outline. And just like last week all started with the same letter, this one to help you all starts with the same letter. You guys ready? God calls us friends, he calls us family, and he calls us fishers of men. He calls us friends, he calls us family, he calls us fishers of men. And that's why... He speaks to us, all right? So let's pray, and then we'll dive in. God, if you were not a God full of grace, none of us would be here right now. There's a name full of grace, a God full of grace. Not a single one of us would be here if that was not true. Some of us wouldn't be married, Some of us wouldn't even be alive right now if you weren't a God of grace. So we come here, we posture our hearts, and we realize this is the greatest honor and privilege of our lives. You inviting us, the likes of us, to draw near and worship you because you enjoy our company. The love of God shown to sinners in Christ Jesus, you you bring us near. Those who are far off are now brought near in Christ Jesus. You are a God of grace. That's why we're here. And so, would you be magnified today, God? I pray that shame and condemnation would be broken off of us today. Anything that would uh, hinder our fellowship with you, any lies that we're clinging to from the enemy would be broken off today. And you'd give us eyes, you'd open up our eyes to see that the gospel is real. You are real. You really love us. We're really forgiven. We're really adopted. We belong here. We belong in your presence. And you made this possible. And we don't deserve it. So we love you. We bless your name. Jesus, be magnified in our hearts today. I'm a man in need of help. Help me, Lord God. May it be your spirit and your word that quickens the hearts of men today and my heart as well. And would you, Lord God, increase and be magnified and would I be forgotten? In Jesus' name, amen. He calls us friends. John 15, 12 through 15. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you if you've been a christian for a while you know this is uh the famous upper room discourse john 13 through 17 one of the most beautiful passages in the gospels especially the gospel of john and this is kind of Jesus' deathbed message before he's betrayed and goes to the cross this is kind of the final things that he's going to say to his friends before his friends all abandon him and and, and 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 betray him if you will and in this upper room discourse jesus kind of rolls in a flashbang, and drops a a new identity bomb on the disciples who have followed their rabbi, their teacher, that they know is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, that they're not worthy to follow. And Jesus says this, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. I call you friends. And what Jesus is saying there, the illustrations he, he uses, essentially this is, is servants are kept at arm's length relationally. Servants don't know kind of uh, the conversations that you're having with, with, with your boss or, or the CEOs are having with one another. They're, they're kept at arm's length. You stay over there. You have no right to me. You have no right to a relationship with me. Friends are brought close. Friends are brought near, right? That's what Jesus is getting at. And if you were to ask, if I were to ask you, hey, who, who are your friends? Like, we're grabbing coffee, and I'd be like, man, tell me who your top three friends are. You wouldn't go to Facebook and be like, okay, well, these three people liked my post, so these are my, no, it's not Facebook friends. You would, you would have some metrics, right? And, some, and two, of the probably many metrics out there of, of who your friends are, but two metrics you would use would be, one, unfiltered access. Who have you given unfiltered access to you? Like, Hey, this guy can call me anytime about anything, and it won't bother me. It's welcome. It's welcome. Unfiltered access. You can call me anytime. Not not a hesitation. That's a friend, right? Unfiltered access. That's one. That's one. If you're you're wondering, you know, uh, uh, who uh, who your friends are. And then secondly, it's not just unfiltered access and the consistency of communication that brings about. But the second one is the depth of communication. The depth that the person knows you and you make yourself known to that person. True friends know you better than anybody else. Why? Because you've allowed them to. And this is what Jesus is saying in verse 15. He says, this is what he's saying to his disciples. I've told you all that I heard from the Father. I have not kept anything back that the Father has told me. I've revealed it to you. I've spoken it to you. And I've brought you near. Uh, Tim Keller, in one of his amazing books, let me recommend a book. Anything Tim Keller has ever written, go read, all right? That's my book, blanket book recommendation. And so Tim Keller has this beautiful line where he talks about the gospel and what Christ has done, and how we see this divine dance in the Trinity, the Godhead of eternity, for, for all of eternity, uh, loving one another, delighting in, in one another, glorifying the other, right? We see this beautiful divine dance, and Tim Keller says, and we get invited into that divine dance. We get invited into that because of what Jesus has done. And so it begs the question, why would you give someone unfiltered access to your life? to know you better than anybody else. Why would you do that? Why would, why would you give somebody unfiltered? And the simple question is, because you enjoy their company. Because you want them there. Because, because you love them. That's why, to the extent, Jesus did this to the extent that he would be crucified for us, why we were running away from him so that he could uh, bring us near into his presence. You don't You don't die, you don't die for people you don't love. The love of God was shown for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us to bring us what? To bring us near. There's a place that I love to dwell. It's the presence of my Father and the Father's heart to us. There's a place where he loves to dwell. It's you and me, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the church, his family. Our God. This is all real. This is the gospel. And I don't know about you, but I have, uh, I, um, I have some friends that just bring out a different me than maybe you guys have experienced okay so i have a friend that i've known for a long time this person has powerfully changed the lord has used this person powerfully changed my life and so last sunday after church uh he's out of state we we zoom all the time but i, I i've only seen him like this big for you know like a year and a half we he was in he was he was uh in the area so we hung out and guess what we did when we saw each other because I, I just love the socks off this guy I bear hug this guy, we shake each other, and I punch him in the side, you know, like, ah, oh, yes, dude, we're hanging out, oh, this is awesome. Love this guy, right? Oh, he's awesome. Because why? Because his presence brings me joy. I delight in his presence. I, I love this guy. He knows me better than, than, than a, a lot, than pretty much anybody else knows me, and, and vice versa. And we came in here, we, and we prayed for like 20 minutes over this church for each other. To end our time together. That's that's a brother and that's a dear gift from God, that relationship. But the reason I share that is the the joy. Something happened in my heart when I saw him in person. Now, what if that's Jesus' posture towards you? Do you believe that today? That's what I'm getting at. This is what we're honing in on when he says, "I call you friends." Do you believe that when you pray, Jesus is saying, "Yes, oh, I get to hang out with them." Yes, they're calling me instead of like being like, "Who's." oh man, uh, silence, send a voicemail, I'll deal with that later, right? No, that's not it. It's like, yes, I've been waiting. There's an excitement. Like God really delights in you. God really enjoys your company. He calls us friends. And this was the purpose of Jesus' ministry is removing any barrier that would keep us from God. That's That's what the cross was for, right? Removing the barrier of sin so that we could get God. In Mark, reading through the gospel of Mark this week, Mark 15, 37, it says on the cross, Jesus breathed his very last breath. Mark 15, 37, breathed his last breath. Mark 15, 38, the very next verse, veil torn into top to bottom. Boom. What is that? Removing the barrier that kept us from the presence of God. The work of Christ finished on the cross. What is that? It gives us access to God. So the book of Hebrews would say, so much access. Because his sacrifice was the once and for all sacrifice so that sinners could do what? Draw near to the throne of grace, not with fear and trepidation like a servant, but with confidence knowing that because of what Christ has done, I belong here. And I can talk in fellowship with my Savior. So church family in first point, and uh, we'll, we'll have Kim up, come up here. Kim, you can come up here. Uh, Kim Jaguar's is going to share a testimony of, of God speaking to her. Jesus calls you friend, and friendship always manifests in communication. And the bedrock for you and I growing and hearing the voice of God is believing that to be a reality of your life. That you and I can keep constant, close communion with Jesus who speaks to us. Why? What's the direction of Jesus' voice? Why does he speak to us? Because he calls us friends, and friendship always uh, manifests in communication. All right, Kim Jagway, the floor is yours. Thank you, Kim. You can come back.
1: This feels familiar. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks. I'm going to ask for y'all to pray for me while I'm up here because I'm going to try to get through this. I'm already close to tears, so... Just pray. Okay. So a lot of you know, especially the women, um, they know a lot about my testimony, about growing up in an abusive home, um, all the kinds of abuse you can think of, from physical to unmentionable abuse. And so, by the grace of God, I survived all of that and grew up to be the woman I am today. And what you may not know is that for nearly 50 years of my life, there were voices in my head, and they, I called them mine because it, it sounded like me, and so whenever I would make a mistake, I would hear, you're so stupid, and so I would say it out loud, and I would hear, you're so fat, and I would say it out loud, and I would say it to my husband, and I would even ask him, why do you even love me? I'm not lovable, and this went on for years until 2021. You do the math. I was here serving, here praying for all of you, here doing all the things of God and still struggling under the voices. So one day I had a task to do for someone I loved dearly, and I couldn't do it, and the timeline was running out, and it was a technology thing, and I'm 50, and it was beating me, and I couldn't get it done. And so this person missed an opportunity because of me, and so the voices ramped up and they said, you're a failure. You let people down all the time. So you might as well kill yourself. And so in 2021, I got in my car and I had a picture in my head of what I was supposed to do. And so I started accelerating and I picked up speed because I needed it to be certain and final. And so... As I was driving, I started barreling towards an intersection. And yards before I got to the intersection, I heard a voice, an audible voice. And the voice said, that's not you. And I was like, who said that? And so I was shaking. And like the voice, it was so loud, but it didn't, it sounded, can't describe it. it. It went through me. And so I slammed on the brakes, and I I knew I was supposed to pull over. So I pulled over into a shopping parking lot, and I got out of the car because I was like, I had planned to go one way, but I'm not going with whoever's in the back seat because that was not the plan. And so I got out, and I looked in the car, and there was no one in the back seat. And so I sat there, and then I just started weeping because I felt like someone was in the car, and it felt like love was in the car. And I said out loud, that's not my voice and I knew for the first time in my life it wasn't my voice and as I sat there praying about this I just started I just was led like it the words were being pulled out of me you know my voice my sheep know my voice and so I, I prayed and I said I know your voice Jesus I know your voice and then I just started praying forgive me forgive me For all the times I've repeated what this voice said. Forgive me for all the times. And that night started my journey to healing. And that night was the first night I realized that because it sounded like me didn't mean it was me. And so that night I started on a journey to freedom, and that's where Kristen came in. And they walked me through um, some freedom steps. A lot of people call it deliverance, but for the first time in my life, I was free, I found my way out, and all because the voice of Jesus spoke in the darkness, and he called me loved, and he set me free.
0: My gosh. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. Let's hear one more time for Kim. Let me share that. Why do we why do we share testimonies? Because that right there is worth the price of admission. Right? Immediately in that moment, you see the heart of God, right? Break like powerfully intervening through his audible voice and then and then life change. The God who's alive, the God who's present, the friend who cries out and saying, Those thoughts are not my thoughts, those voices are not my voices. That's oh my gosh. Thank you, Kim. That was power. I mean, Hear, no, I should just pray and <laughs> we should go worship Jesus, right? That's why we share testimonies. We have to testify to what God has done. We want to create space for God to be magnified for what he does. So thank you, Kim, for your courage to share that. That, that, was, that was amazing. He calls us family. He calls us family. Second point. Immediately upon profession of faith in Jesus Christ, you don't just get friendship with God. You get adoption into his family. You don't just get God, you get some siblings as well. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's, like, oh, I just get God. Yeah, 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 you get his church as well. You get brothers, you get sisters. If you look to your right, you look to your left, and you're looking at the redeemed of God, you're looking at family. We're hanging out forever with each other. It's awesome, right? And it's because of what Jesus has done. For all, there's just a common theme for all of our lives. Jesus changed our lives. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light forever. And I'm going to praise him forever because of that. And so the reason I share that is this, is family members look out for one another. Family members love one another. For John 15, right? Jesus says, I, I, I love one another as I have loved you. John 13, 35, by this the whole world will know that you're my disciples. By how you love each other, how you love each other. And the reason I share that is as you and I begin to grow in our walk with God and you begin to hear his voice in new ways, you begin to see what he truly cares about the most. Because true friendship manifests in shared passions and delights. The closer you get to someone relationally, the closer you come to sharing their passions, loving what they love, delighting in what they delight in, rejoicing in what they rejoice in. So if you guys know the Matthew family, up here, I'm going to call you guys out. It's, it's NFL uh, playoff season. You know, we got a Cowboys fan over here for Sean wearing his jersey. So anyways, pray for him. Um, <laughs> so you know the mat. <laughs> the ma- they, the, they love Philadelphia sports. They live in Philadelphia for a long time. They love Philadelphia sports. And because I, I've never liked Philadelphia sports teams. Because I'm from <laughs> Washington, D.C. Um, but their friendship. And their pa- unique passion, like there's a video that they can show you of what happened in their family when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. It was awesome. Like there's a video of one of your elders. It was awesome. Maybe I'll show it one day, okay? It was amazing. And so now I find myself, when my team doesn't make it to the playoffs, which is never because I, I love the commanders, um, is, is this, is that I need a team to root for, and I'm, uh, who, am I, who am I pulling for? The Eagles, I have a shirt. Hey, I would love to see the Matthews. May I have another, another win? I'd love to get invited over to the game and eat and food. No, whatever. Just kidding. But what I'm getting at is this. The fact of the matter is Jesus is passionate about his bride, the church. The Father cares immensely for the church. And there's a lot of news articles, podcasts, you know, trending right now about how the church is this, the church is that, the church did this to me, the church is that. It's like, hey, we're talking about somebody else's bride. me check our hearts. Jesus cares immensely about his bride. We should care. We should share that same passion. We should share that same passion. John 15, the passage we just read, Jesus calls Peter friend. He says, I call you friend. Peter's about to deny him three times. And Jesus called the shot. You're going to die me three times. You're my friend. John 21, after all that, post-resurrection appearance, shore of Galilee, Jesus is there in resurrected glory at the shore, prepared a meal, and he's talking to Peter and the disciples. And he's talking to Peter, and he says, Peter, do you love me? And he goes, you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? You love me. Ten to my sheep. Peter, you love me three times. Feed my sheep. If you love me, you'll love what I love. You'll take care of my bride you'll shepherd them, you'll feed them, you'll guide them, you'll care for them. If you love me, your, your love for me is shown in how you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so with that said, uh, I'm going to show a slide. It's, really, it's really a really profound slide, really epic slide. Uh, pull up that CG slide. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to build it up. Uh, There's just a map with all of our community groups here. So if you're visiting and have been coming for a few weeks and you're going to call this church, uh, Lord willing, your, your church home or whatever, and you want to get plugged in to our community group ministry, you can pull out your phones, take a picture of this. All this info is on our church website. And f- find where you live on the map and what nights of the week work for you and get plugged in to uh, community. And if you find a group that you want, are interested in visiting, reach out to jake at transitchurch.com, jake at transitchurch.com with the info. Say, hey, I want to get connected with... Uh, the, the Rose Hill community group leaders, and we'll get you all of the info. But what I want to challenge us with is this, is um, it's impossible to obey and follow Jesus in isolation. It's impossible to obey and follow Jesus when we isolate ourselves from his church, because there's like a million one another's in scripture. And so to follow Jesus, to love him, means that we're going to be committed to loving one another, meeting each other's needs, uh, carrying each other's burdens, so on and so forth. So shameless community group plug we're meeting back in our groups this winter cycle get plugged in if you're not plugged in and you might be saying nick that's all great nick thanks for sharing all that what in the world does that have to do with hearing the voice of god and this is what it has has everything to do with hearing the voice of god the reason god gives the, the reason god gives the gift of prophecy to the church is for the sake of building up and strengthening his often weak and discouraged. Church, prophecy, the gift of prophecy is for the sake of the strength of the family of God, the upbuilding of the family of God. If you don't know what prophecy is, it's simply God speaking to you in order to speak through you for the building up of others. First Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. Don't take my word for it. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian believers. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues. Did you guys see that? Just whoop, stop right there. That was in my words, Apostle Paul, to the the corinthian church i want all of you to speak in tongues but watch this it goes a step further and i want even more all of you to prophesy and maybe we'll talk more about that in depth next week i think we're going to be going the sermon series into february just fyi so buckle up the one who proph- the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets why why paul why so that the church may be strong so that the church may be encouraged, so that weak brothers and sisters can, can have, can have uh, uh, someone come alongside them and pick them up. That's what this is about, helping us run the race of faith. And so notice here in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Paul never says to just pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say just say earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, just chase after. He says this, he says, no, 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 pursue love. Pursue building up the church, and, and and here's 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 the the one-to-one correlation he's making. If you want to pursue loving the church, you have to pursue the spiritual gifts. You have to because because those are God's tools for you to build up and strengthen the church. They're irre- they're, they're irrevocable. He's saying pursue love, and if you truly want to love and see others built up, then you're going to want to grow in learning and to hear the voice of God for other people. That, I mean that's that's in the text. I'm preaching God's word to you. That's First 1 Corinthians 14.1. Pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Three times in First Corinthians fourteen, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Three times in First Corinthians fourteen, so that the church may be built up, so that the church may be built up, so that the church may be built up. Often, when we're tra- when we're new to trying to hear the voice of God, and we hear these testimonies about audible voices or dreams or visions, we pray like this: God, give me a vision. I want the angelic visitation. I want a dream. I want the audible voice. Give me something like that. Right? That's our, anyone pray, like, I'll, guilty as charged. All right? You're like, no surprise there. All right. (laughs) What that is like is this, is me going to God and saying, God, I want tools. I want really cool tools. I want, like, a miter saw and a hammer drill and, like, the brand name, like, Cobalt, DeWalt, like, the, the cool stuff. So that when people walk into my garage, they just see these shiny tools everywhere. And I get to say, this one does this, this one does this. And instead of that being the prayer we should pray, God wants to know, do you, do you have any interest in building something? Do you, do, you have any, do you have any business getting calluses on your hand, doing some, some hard, hard work? Because if you don't, I don't give you tools. Because I can't trust you with them. Because you don't know what purpose they have give you a nail gun? I, I uh, went to my pops, my, my dad owns every tool that was ever made, and it's all black and yellow, he's a DeWalt guy, and so I had some home stuff I needed to do, and so I called him up a couple weeks ago, and I got some tools, and I have a nail gun, and I brought a nail gun back to my house, and, and I mean, I put it on kind of a, a, a stand that was accessible to one of my kids. Nothing happened just I saw him, I saw him, okay, <laughs> nobody calls CPS, and so all of a sudden, I see my six-year-old go, "Whoa, that's cool!" And start reaching. I'm like, "Don't touch that," you know, because all of a sudden you're seeing, ta, 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 you know, like, and often that's know? And, and often that's how prophecy just is just trashed and destroys the church because because you know traveling prophets want to come in and just drop bombs on con- uh, congregations, but they have no love for the church. They're wolves in sheep's clothing, and they, they completely miss the purpose of New Testament prophecy when it's crystal clear. It's for not to tear people down. It's to build them up and to strengthen them. Tools. Hey, this nail gun, that will that'll, that'll strengthen some boards, right? This saw, yeah, it might cut, but it's going to build something beautiful. And so the Lord's not after, do you want tools? The Lord's after, hey, do you want to partner with me to build something beautiful? That's what he's after. That, and so so we've got to pursue love before we ever pursue the gifts. And if we're going to pursue the gifts, our thinking has to be this. Lord, don't give me like a cool story or whatever. Lord, who's weak and struggling right now that needs encouragement? Lord, how can you use me to bless somebody else and change their life? God, would you give me a dream? Would you, would you give me a vision? Would you, would you help me to hear your voice so that uh, as I've been on the receiving end of my life being changed by people who've shared uh, things that God clearly put on their heart, would you use me to do that? And so what I'm getting at is God calls us family. He calls us sons. He calls us daughters. And because of that, he will still speak to us, to speak through us so that we can love one another and build the church up. One of my favorite things to do, and I'm going to call up Jeff, Jeff Samuel, come on down. Um, I'm like Bob Barker up here. Come on down. I'm oh, sorry. Um, so, uh, uh, when my daughters are having maybe like a rough go, let me say my four-year-old step, he's like crying in a room. And my two-year-old buddy who's, who's kind of, it's a cool, two years cool is a, is a cool year because you're your little man's, like, starting to, like, process stuff and understand what's happening. So I'll tell, I'll tell my little guy, I'll say, hey, hey, Nick, go into Steffi's room, hug her and pat her on the back, okay? So he'll go go over there and hug her and pat her on the back, strength and courage her. And I was like, that's prophecy in the church. It's the father speaking to the son to go encourage the daughter who's having a rough go, to build her up, right? It's beautiful. Okay, so... So that said, Jeff has a cool um, a testimony that he wants to share about the prophetic being used to build up another believer while in.
2: As uh, Nick mentioned, my name is Jeffrey. I had the wonderful privilege to go to Brazil last month and see Jesus do some pretty uh, spectacular things. But, uh, and one of those just being through the prophetic. And uh, for me, I, I think for me personally and our family, we had received... Over the years, several prophetic words that have been really impactful uh, for our journey. It's really impacted the way that we live, uh, where we've lived, and a multitude of other things. But for me personally, uh, it's something that I've never really desired, Uh, even though 1 Corinthians 14 is pretty clear there. I feel like just growing up, uh, I saw it abused quite a bit, uh, just in prophetic words that were spoken uh, that didn't align with uh, pursuing love. And so for me personally, that's something that I had never desired. Uh, but it wasn't until a week or two before the trip, uh, Lena, my wife, she actually mentioned uh, to me that she felt like the Lord was like kind of giving me some pictures for different people. And so I went into the trip just saying, Lord, if there's stuff you want to speak through me, I don't want to be cold to that and, not, and just miss it. So I just prayed, if you want to speak through me, I'll let it happen. So um, at the end of one of the services, kind of how we do here at Transit, uh, there was an opportunity for people that wanted to pray to come up uh, so I had this one gentleman come up one night, uh, his name was Raphael, uh, I asked him what he wanted prayer for, and he said he wanted prayer for his walk with Jesus. Uh, he had been following Jesus just for a few years, uh, but he was starting to really doubt whether he was real or not. Uh, he was starting to doubt whether he, Jesus spoke to people uh, and was just really struggling with his walk. Uh, and so in my own mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh man, I don't know how to pray through this. Uh, don't feel like I'm trained for this. And so we just invite the Holy Spirit to come. And we just say, Holy Spirit, come. You know, speak whatever you want to do uh, and just move right now. And so we go silent uh, for maybe a minute or so. And then in that silence, I start seeing this picture in my head. And I see this picture of this really large wall. And Raphael standing on one side of the wall. Uh, and he's kind of just like trying to work his way around this wall. On the other side of this wall is this beautiful green pasture with all of these beautiful flowers coming up. Uh, But as I look back on the wall, I notice there's no rope on the wall. Uh, There's no steps on the wall. There's no kind of nodules or stones for him to kind of climb up to get over this wall. So I kind of just start in my mind. I'm just asking the Lord. I'm like, you know, what's this about? How is Raphael supposed to get over this wall? And I feel like the Lord uh, gives me this impression that he can't. Like he can't get over this wall. Uh, And the only way he's going to be able to get over this wall is with me. He has to trust me. And so in my own mind, again, I'm not making any sense of this. Uh, I don't know how this is going to encourage him uh, in his struggle with his walk with Jesus. Uh, So I just, I tell him, I'm like, hey, Raphael, I'm not exactly sure what this means. I'm just kind of seeing this picture of this wall. And I go into lots of detail of, I see this wall here. I see you on one side. And I see you struggling. There's no rope. Uh, And I give him this picture. And he just starts to, he starts to cry. He starts to start weeping. And so now I'm kind of a little confused. I'm like, oh, man, did the translator misinterpret something? Uh, he seems pretty upset now. Uh, and, and come to find out, Raphael had this exact same dream, every detail of it. Like, he said it back to me. He had this exact same dream two weeks prior uh, at night. And he didn't understand what it meant. And he just, like, all night, like, he was just trying to get around this wall, trying to get over it. And he couldn't. Uh, and in that moment, the Lord, like, speaks to him, and he, he just shows him his love, and he just starts repeating, I believe you, Jesus. I believe you, Jesus. I believe you, Jesus. Like, I believe you're real, and just confessing it. Uh, and obviously, like, that's encouraging me, too, because I've, I've gotten pictures before. It's never been confirmed like this, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord, you do speak to me. Uh, and it was just, yeah, it was just such an amazing experience, so.
0: Thank you, Jeff love you man um how cool is that i've never had a dream where i'm standing in front of a wall and i can't get her over it all that stuff and and uh the holy spirit gives jeff that exact impression that exact picture the exact thing that guy dreamed which he was reflecting on and all that stuff and then it brings about life transformation and he gets the interpretation how cool is god that's amazing right that guy's life was changed why Because Jeff was yielded to the prophetic voice. This is probably the Lord. How does he know? I don't know, but I'm going to share it and see what happens. Boom, the Holy Spirit changes this guy's life, right? That's the value of it. Okay, so I got to move on because we got one more testimony. So I'm going to, er, I'm not going to speak in three times speed, but I'm going to wrap it up. All right. Third point, he calls us fishers of men. Matthew 4, 18 through 19. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, Jesus said. He didn't stop there. Not just bowing and Jesus. He didn't just stop and say, come and follow me. And then he says this, and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. So what we see there is in, if, if we are a follower of Jesus, we will, under the grace of God, by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, be prayerfully, actively, intentionally making, uh, fishing for men. Fishing for men. And if you've ever met an avid fisherman, anyone here, I got an avid, any avid fisherman here before I say, okay, oh, sorry, okay, I'll, be, I'll go easy, I'll go easy on you guys, Tom. <laughs> if you ever met, like, I, I had this uh, old youth group kid when I did youth ministry, he was from Kentucky, nothing wrong with Kentucky, but he was a bass fisherman, and my man had every lore imaginable. And for his birthday, me and a couple of our leaders went and went fishing with him, and I never saw this happen. He was the only, he was the only one that caught a big bass in some pond here in Northern Virginia. But he put, he, not only did he have the, the right lore, but he put, um, like, Chick-fil-A sauce on this thing. It was like a special sauce that he sprayed on it, and then he, you know, boom, and then he's rolled in this massive, like, trophy bass. It was insane. But fishermen really desire to catch fish, and so that's why they're so obsessed with the right lure to catch the fish, and they're, they're always researching. They're always, you know, accruing more, uh, acquiring more of these, these lures. And... Um, we, for the sake of that illustration, the reason I share that is if we want to catch fish, we will want the necessary tools to do that. If we are called to fish for men and be fishers of men, which means sharing our faith, testifying to the resurrection, the death, the resurrection, and the reign of Jesus, and how there's forgiveness, there's salvation in his name alone, and there's a kingdom that's broken into this world that uh, is an eternal kingdom and we get to a preview of it because of what Jesus has done, the inbreaking of the kingdom, like testimonies that we're sharing. The kingdom has come. If we want to do that, if we want to invite others who are kind of outside the house of God into the house of God, we're going to want to acquire the tools necessary to do that. And scripturally, what we see is one of the most effective means to catch fish is learning how to hear the voice of God. Don't take my word for it. Don't ever take my word for it. 1 Corinthians 14 says this, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthian believers, 1 Corinthians 14, 24 through 25. Again, he's like, I desire you all would prophesy, but if all prophesy, which, which is essentially hearing the voice of God for the sake of others, and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all, he is cal- called to account by all, and the secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so falling on his face, he will worship and declare that God is really among you. That is a refrain that we want at the Transit Church. The refrain that when people walk in, they say, "God's here," the living God is here. And one of the ways that God is—we see here—God is glorified through the gifts of the Spirit when they're done rightly. Because a new visitor can come, and if we're actively growing and listening to the Lord and coming here on a Sunday morning, not just to sit and receive a sermon, but how, how can we, how can we look or look across the room and pray and maybe see if the Lord gives us someone for somebody that we've never met before, and we go up and we share, you know, whatever. The the, the scenario the Apostle Paul is saying here is that in a moment, in an instant, through the voice of God, he can reveal supernatural knowledge that would be impossible for you to know of this person so that they know in an instant God is real. I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. I want Jesus. I'm giving my life to him. That's the example Paul gives. The Holy Spirit gives for why we should pursue the prophetic gift. Yes, there are a variety of ways to fish, and we've done, We did two evangelism workshops last year. We're going to do two more this year. And we talk about long, building long-term relational bridges with your neighbors, with coworkers, so that the gospel can go across uh, that bridge. Uh, acts of service and kindness, good works done in love for our community. Um, us growing in, in in our in our in our articulation of a clear gospel presentation. As we go hit the streets this afternoon to pray with people and share the gospel, we should have a a way that we clearly articulate the gospel. And so we, we stay, get on the weekly update and check for those times. It'll be in April and probably in August for our evangelism workshops to sharpen our tools. So there's a variety of tools, a variety of means. And one of those is prophecy, hearing the voice of God being led by the Spirit. And so church, he calls us fishers of men. And because he loves the lost and he wants them to be brought near to his heart, he still speaks to us. Book of Acts. I'll just That will be my reference. Exhibit A. The book of Acts. What do we see in the book of Acts? By the Holy Spirit. Peter! Go to Cornelius, the Gentile, and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Paul! Go to Macedonia. Preach the gospel there. Uh, Philip! Chase down that, that chariot and go share the gospel. What is that? The Holy Spirit speaking immediately and directly to his people to speak through them to seek and chase after that which is lost. I mean, that's, that's the book of Acts. Uh, close to 40 times the Holy Spirit, well, 59 times in the book of Acts the Holy Spirit is mentioned. Out of uh, close to 40 of those times the Holy Spirit is speaking to his church. And we might talk about more of that next week talking about Acts 1.8. So this is why he speaks to us, the direction of his voice. He loves the lost. He calls us fishers of men and he will lead and guide us by his spirit. So Shannon, our last testimony of uh, the morning. Tes- uh, Shannon, come and share uh, a testimony. Uh, I've asked Shannon to share this testimony, and it's this. Um, one of the last prayer walks we did, um, Shannon, and I believe it was Jake and maybe somebody else, they were going eastbound towards Van Dorn area, uh, and um, Shannon felt, and I believe it was like, a, I'll let her tell the story, how about that? But she has a cool... <laughs> She has a cool story to share. I will go silent. Here you go, Yeah, thank you.
3: Hi, guys. I'm not very good at talking in front of people, that's why I hide in my glass case of emotion back there. I'll do my best. Um, so a couple of months ago, I think it was end of October, November, uh, my husband was home sick with a cold, and I was here at church. Uh, they talked about doing a prayer walk, and I was like, I've never been on one before, but you know, who am I? I'm not very good at extroversion or small talk, uh, but sure, I'll come. And so... Uh, After church, we met up, and we we started out. We walked towards um, down the street. Uh, Jake and I were were working together. And um, the whole way down, we are uh, praying for divine appointments to be made for us, just constantly, consistently, relentlessly praying in that 10-minute walk uh, towards uh, a local, like, strip mall. We pass some people. They're not really interested. No worries. guy got a bus stop. We offer to pray for him. He's like, no, I'm good. Uh, And so we we go to the strip mall, and... um, we start walking by some stores, and uh, as we're approaching, you know, uh, Jake says to me, hey, by the way, if the spirit moves you, let me know, and I was like, sure, I'm just here to support you, I don't know what I'm doing, but okay, (laughs) no problem, Uh, and so we're walking by, and we we walk by a laundromat, and I I peek in, some people sitting down, and I was like, oh, you know, we should go in here, And, and Jake reminds me, he's like, you know, we don't usually go into stores, and I was like, oh, Okay, still noob, got it, I'm a newbie, understood, um, we won't go loiter. And so we, um, we walk past it, and I get about maybe 10 steps, and I stop. And I said, no, we should go in this laundromat. And Jake's like, okay, something's happened, we're going in a laundromat. And I, I can't describe that feeling beyond that it was incontrovertible and definite, and it was somewhere here and we've all taken anatomy there's like no secret voice pouch behind your heart right Um, but it's it was it was here and it stopped me dead and I said nope we need to go in so we go in and um, we talk to some people uh and we offer we're like here from the church and we're like hey can we pray for you and I'm all excited and uh the guy looks at me and he's like no I don't want any prayer like please please leave you guys are bothering us and I kind of stop, and I look at Jake, and Jake's a pro, so he's like, so the person next, person next to him, he's like, you know, ma'am, can we offer you some prayer from a local church, and she's laughing, she's like, just get out of here, like, what are you guys doing, peace, uh, and so we left, and I, I won't lie to you, I felt kind of disappointed, I was like, I was so sure that we were supposed to be in there, I don't know what this was about, uh, maybe my frequency is off, I don't know what's going on, um, but we, we, you know, uh, Jake encourages me, like, let's keep going, let's keep trying, and, and we walk towards some more stores, and some people pass us, and they can see what we're up to, and they're like, you know, I don't, don't want to see. Um, we, uh, we, we get about another block or so, and uh, a car pulls over, and a gentleman kind of, he rolls up to us on the sidewalk, and he's like, hey, I heard you guys are, are out praying for the community, and I I look at Jake, and Jake's like, yeah, we are. And he's like, I, I've been going through some stuff. Could I, could I have some prayer? And we're like, yeah. And so Jake's like, here, go pull over. We'll be right there. So he pulls into a little parking lot area in the, like by the Safeway or whatever that is. And we go walk over to him. And as we're walking to him, you know, Jake says to me, where was this guy? Like, we didn't see him by the bus stop. We didn't see him anywhere else. He wasn't on the street. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Um, so we go talk to this gentleman. He's in his early 20s, clearly living out of his car uh he's had some hard times, turns out he's unemployed, involved in an employment lawsuit, his name is Trevor. And Trevor shares a story with us and we listen to him for some time and offer him some prayer. We we give him a big hug and we give him our phone number, be like, hey if you ever want to come and, and pray with us. He had uh heard of God, but it had been some time, I think, since he had communicated with him directly. And so it was a really powerful experience uh to pray with Trevor and to hear his story. Um, as we were sort of wrapping up after about 15 minutes, uh, you know, we were saying goodbye and we you know, gave him a hug and all that. And as we're walking away, you know, Jake says, hey, by the way, I, uh, I'll be honest, we've been out here for a little bit. We don't remember where you were from. Where, were you? Where, where, did we, where did you see us? And he goes, I was sitting at the back of the laundromat and I saw you guys pray for people or offer and they laughed at you and I just, I just, wanted, I just wanted to come and talk. And I got, like, super Holy Spirit chills. Like, oh. Uh, and and it, was, it was wild. And, and it just, um, I think what I took away from that is, is when God speaks and when you have that Holy Spirit in here, you listen. Even if you don't understand what it's for at that moment, if he talks to you, you, you stop what you're doing. You turn off the TV. You stop looking at Instagram when you listen to what he has to say. Um, that was, uh, I told my, that story to all my friends and coworkers, and it was just one of those, like, ah! so So um, I'm going to turn it back over to Nick. But, uh, I, again, at that, that voice that was there, at 100%, I knew what it was.
0: Yeah, thank you, Shannon. <clears throat> awesome. I love that. And I love the story of, like, we just got laughed at and mocked. And this is, this is what, we're, we're, with the prayer walks, is the Lord, um, you, you begin, this is what I'm getting at, the, the, you see God's heart when you begin to, to be yielded to the leadership of his spirit. And you see, okay, hey, this isn't about cool stories or whatever. No, no, this is, hey, it's like, I got a message for a kid that's living out of his car. And are you willing to take it on the chin and be laughed at in your face to obey my voice, trusting that I very well might be after changing somebody's life, right? And we begin to see as we begin to get close to God and get to know him more, and as we do be uh, yielded to the leadership of his spirit and his voice, we begin to see his heart. The wind of the spirit blows in one direction. It's towards the needy, the broken, and the lost. Um, Acts one you will be empowered by my spirit and be my witnesses. Um, so let's conclude with this. Band, you can come forward. And let's conclude with gratitude today. Let's reflect on the fact that um, we are not forsaken. We are friends of God. We are not enemies. He calls us family. We are not aimless in life. We have a purpose. He calls us fishers of men. There's no greater king to serve. There's greater, no greater friend to fellowship with than this Jesus who has brought us near. And so um, let's quiet our hearts with gratitude um, and we will respond with communion and then some singing. Father, we worship you. We love you. Your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts, God. We thank you that we worship a God who's alive, a God who's on the move, a God who is not silent, but a God who is present to, to save, present to heal, a present to rescue, to, to change lives. Thank you, Jesus. So, God, we come before you grateful. Thank you that you call us friends. Thank you that you've given us access to your throne room. Thank you that you've given us access, Lord God. At any time, with anything we're wrestling with, God, we can come to you just as we are. And I pray that that would happen today, Lord God. Before we celebrate um, communion, God, and remember the work you've done on our behalf, Lord God, would we just reflect on the lengths and the heights and the depths you've gone to bring us close, Lord God. As so we love you and we bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen.